You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. They're boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. That's evil. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. That's quite a list. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. The Roman world was in a period of much sin and depravity when the book of Romans was written. Today, Pastor Danny's going to take you to the book of Romans to show you lists of some of these sins and to talk about the consequences of sinning against God. The great blessings they could have otherwise enjoyed were no longer going to come to them, and their lives would be much more empty and joyless without the constant presence of God with them throughout every day. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Romans chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Path Toward Depravity. We're in the book of Romans, and so grab your Bibles, the book of Romans. We're going to jump around a couple of different scriptures at some point, so be ready uh, for that. The book of Romans, chapter 1, is what I've chosen for tonight. Paul wrote this book um, from the city of Corinth, city of Corinth, uh, terribly pagan, um, a lot of immorality there. And uh, you can see that's in Paul's mind, one of the things on his mind um, as he writes to uh, the Romans. He had never visited Rome, uh, but they knew about his ministry. And so he writes the book of Romans. And uh, Rome in that time was like a magnet that drew people from all over the world. Um, One of the reasons was Rome built these amazing roads that extended throughout the empire. And uh, there's a phrase that's actually coined because of the extensive and um, modern, uh, for the day, road system that Rome um, built throughout the empire that all roads lead to Rome. And that's where we get it from. Rome was the bedrock of Western civilization. The United States today has similarities to the Rome of history, some good, some not so good. Iron weaponry was developed by the Romans, and so uh, the Roman military was, um, well, Rome was the superpower of the day. Interesting, at the time of Paul's writing this book, uh, Nero had just taken the throne. He was about 16 years old when he took the throne. Um, As he settles into his uh, rule, uh, he hated Christians, and the persecution in Rome under Nero had not yet begun when Paul wrote it, the book, but it was coming. And he writes, 
And what I want to deal with in chapter 1 begins in uh, verse 18. And so follow along with me because very important scripture doctrinally. So chapter 1, verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, creation. So the men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. Talking about idols. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another, men toward men. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent. Insolent means a show of arrogance and rude disrespect. They're boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. That's evil. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. That's quite a list. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. What we have here in these verses are an itemized list regarding the downward spiral toward depravity. That's what it is. What I want to do is go back through what we've read and look at the list and, and itemize each particular item as it's found here. And the first, you find back in verse 18 through verse 20, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against the godlessness and wickedness of men who, and here's what we want to hone in on, who suppress the truth. And that's the first step toward depravity. They suppress the truth. How do they do that? They avoid anyone or any setting where the word of God is proclaimed. 
They're going to stay away from Bible teaching. They're going to stay away from any Bible teaching church. They're going to get away from anything, as we know it, Christian in nature. Now, pause on this point and go with me to a couple of passages. 1 Kings chapter 22. Why would someone want to suppress the truth? They suppress the truth because the truth would end up bringing conviction to their life their lifestyle, and they'd be confronted with the need to change. 1 Kings chapter 22, King Ahab is ruling. Verse 1 of 1 Kings 22, for three years there was no war between Aram and Israel, but in the third year Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel, Ahab. The king of Israel had said to his officials, don't you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us and yet we're doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram? And so he asked Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to fight against Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are. My people is your people. My horses is your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, first, first, seek counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets about 400 men. These are his personally handpicked prophets. And he asked them, shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat asked, Jehoshaphat knows this ain't right. He asked, is there not a prophet of the Lord, of Jehovah? These are prophets not representing Jehovah. Is there not a prophet of the Lord whom we can inquire of? And the king of Israel asked Jehoshaphat, there's still one man through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He's Micaiah, son of Imla. The king should not say that, Jehoshaphat replied. Jehoshaphat's trying to talk some sense into Ahab, but Ahab, because of his lifestyle. And if you know from the Bible anything about the lifestyle of King Ahab, immorality, wickedness, he wouldn't like to hear a prophet like Micaiah because Micaiah is going to speak the truth. And what Ahab is doing is looking to suppress the truth. He doesn't want to hear the truth. He doesn't want to hear the word of God through men like Micaiah. So they suppress the truth by staying away from anyone or any place that proclaims truth. But back in Romans, in verses 18 to 20, it says specifically, men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So we're talking about people who, who don't want to hear the word of God. They don't want to hear the truth because the truth will bring Conviction, condemnation to the way they've chosen to live. And they suppress the truth by not only staying away from the truth of the word of God, but they suppress the truth by their very lifestyle itself. I remember those years when I wasn't going to listen to Christian music. 
I was going to listen to the rock and roll of the day and party hardy and rock and roll all night and party all day. Interesting, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul the Apostle tells us that in the last days, people will not put up with sound doctrine. But in order to continue to live, they want to live, they'll gather around themselves a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn away from the truth, turn aside to miss. Suppressing the truth. They suppress the truth by staying away from listening to the Word of God, and they suppress the truth by the very lifestyles that they're living. Now, before we move to the next point from Romans chapter 1, it's interesting. Romans 1 tells us, despite their suppression of the truth, they can't get away from the evidence for God. They're without excuse because God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature are clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Make a note, Psalm 19. Psalm chapter 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. So despite suppressing the truth, the witness of God is in creation itself. But if they continue on the path of suppressing the truth, second thing, back in Romans chapter 1, you find it in verse 21. And here's what we read. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. It's interesting the connection between the thinking and the heart. Futile thinking, I'll give it to you like this. It's incapable of producing anything useful. Futile thinking, darkened heart. That's why when we get to Romans chapter 12, Paul will write in verse 2, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind with the Word of God. When we get to Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. It's a mindset. You go all the way back to the record in the book of Genesis, and Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Futile thinking, darkened heart. That's why Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, 
that we're to think about things that are pure and lovely and et cetera, et cetera. That's why Deuteronomy chapter 6, let me read you Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, these commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. You're making a wise choice by sitting there with your family and watching this live stream church service. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Put the word of God throughout your house. So first step toward depravity, suppressing the truth. You don't want to hear the word of God, and your lifestyle in itself suppresses the truth. Then your thinking goes south. And because your thinking goes south, your heart is affected. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Another translation says, because everything you do flows from it. Suppress the truth, futile thinking, darkened heart. Third step down toward depravity. And that's back in Romans chapter 1, and we read it in verses 22 and 23. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. They worship created things rather than the creator. Follow the trail of your time, energy, affections, and money, and there you find a throne. And whatever or whoever is on that throne is the object of your worship. Worshiping created things rather than the creator. And I'm going to move very quickly to the fourth step downward toward depravity. And this one is so interesting. We read it in verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity. Very interesting. That as someone moves downward toward a depraved Life, sexual immorality is a natural byproduct. I find it confirming that as you look back in history, as you look back in the history of the Bible, false gods, idolatry, pretty much always had connected with it sexual sin, sexual immorality. The gods that Israel would so often worship other than the God of Israel, the gods they would fall to worship, the gods of the nations, they ended up having temple prostitutes. You imagine going to a place to worship, and one of the ways that you would worship is to engage in an act with a temple prostitute? Sexual sin, sexual immorality. And then you got to hang with me for the fifth step, Romans chapter 1, verse 25. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Very interesting. 
At this point, the person has accepted their lifestyle. They are convinced, they have convinced themselves that it's okay. And by doing so, they are living a lie. Another verse you can write down, Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 20. This is the way of an adulteress. She eats, she engages in adultery, and wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. Listen up. That's the culture we live in. That's what's happening in America. So many times over the last few years, people that I have confronted about their sexual sin, they look at me like I'm an alien. They look at me like I'm from another planet. Like, are you really going to preach that kind of stuff? Yeah. There's such an acceptance of it today, exchanging the truth of God for a lie. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five. There are seven. Number six, Romans chapter 1, verse 26. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts, lesbianism, homosexuality. Number six is sexual perversion. Perversion, it means the alteration of something from its original course, a distortion or corruption of what was first intended. Wow, we're seeing it. More and more and more in our culture in America. You see it now in commercials on TV quite regularly. Um, You see different things being advertised, whether it's an insurance company or whatever it is, and you see a girl with a girl and a guy with a guy, and it's just becoming more accepted. But it's a perversion. It's not just sexual immorality. It's sexual perversion. And we have people believing that that's the way God made them. That's not the way God made you. Sexual perversion. Well, what's number seven? Number seven? (laughs) That's that last section in Romans chapter 1 where verse 28, Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind, complete depravity. And then it's just a list of sin after sin after sin after sin after sin, all kind of different sins. To be depraved means to be morally corrupt. And the depraved mind does not confront, but rather approves of, other people living in depravity. That's what we read. Last verse, Romans chapter 1. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Listen, the more a culture moves downward toward depravity, the more challenging it becomes for the Christian, for the one standing for truth, walking in truth, the more challenging it is to live in a culture that's depraved because people think you're nuts. They think you're some old fogey, you know, living way in the past, you know. And 
haven't gotten with the times. Thanks for joining us today on The Living Word. In this series called New Testament Highlights, Pastor Danny has been unpacking how time and time again, the truth of God's Word shines brightly into a dark world. The New Testament highlights that Jesus' life and ministry was a shining light into the Roman-oppressed nation of Israel. In addition, the bright testimony of the apostles amidst opposition proved that there are always opportunities to be light in a dark world. Are you sinking into despair about the heaviness that surrounds you with the events and circumstances that seem to get worse? You might wonder if there's any end in sight. Well, keep your chin up and keep your eyes fixed on the promises of God. He'll never leave you, and that can be a shining beacon of hope. We trust that this teaching has given you a renewed sense of what to live for and what's to come, as you're reminded of other people who are great examples of living out their faith. If you'd like to hear this message again, you'll find it at ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. You can also connect with us through social media. Look for links to Facebook, Instagram, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll be able to stay up to date on the latest things happening and know when new videos are uploaded. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in to The Living Word.